Between the Covers, a series designed around who and what can be done and achieved by patients, planning and working in a community of like-minded, successful people. This podcast series is for anyone looking at becoming a successful published author and those looking to understand the mind of a writer and the goals of a publisher. Proudly sponsored by Shoreline Publishing. Welcome and enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast series Between the Covers. I'm Kelly Wilson, and today I have the pleasure of chatting with author K.M. Steele. And today we're going to be chatting about her new book, Hunt for the Virgin Rainbow. How are you today, Kate? I'm good, thank you. I hope all is good with you. All is good down here in Melbourne today. We've got a bit of sunshine like you breezy people seem to get all the time. Well, it was that way. This last year has been strange, hasn't it? It all really has. the Eastern Seaboard. So I don't think any of us can complain. We're all kind of in the same boat, really. You're so right. You're so right. Now, um, thank you for giving us some time today. I'm really keen um, to hear more about your book that you published in 2021, Hunt for the Virgin Rainbow. Would you be able to tell us what this is all about? For sure. It started actually as a NaNoWriMo project. So I don't know if um, a lot of your listeners are across NaNoWriMo, but that's no, where you please have to, tell. You have, to, you, you have to commit to writing um, a, a short novel within in the month of November. And so you oh. sign up. And if you're successful and get to your word count, you get a little T-shirt and everything more or less to say, <laughs> that's what I did. So that's where the first draft started. So it was really nice. done as a bit of fun. Yeah. And it was meant to be a lightweight, fun, comic kind of romp. It was never meant to be really serious, heavy reading or heavy going. Uh-huh. And so it kind of is a little bit of uh, Romance in the Stone meets Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. <laughs> I read that, yes. <laughs> um, probably meets Muriel's Wedding and Places too, you know. And I it? heard there was a bit of James Bond thrown in there. Yes, yes. Um, there's there's a lot of caricature characters in a, in a lot of ways. You know, you're really really bad guy. You're kind of James Bond style. You're really good guy. Nice. It's yeah. all been sort of done tongue in cheek as a bit of fun. Yeah. Um, it's not. Yeah, it's really not meant to be too serious. But it's also a bit of a celebration of Australian culture. It starts in Cooper PD. Uh, really takes advantage of how weird and quirky people out in the country can be. Oh yes. <laughs> um, Love an Aussie. <laughs> yeah. And then heads to Canada and then ends up um, racing up the Queensland coast from Brisbane. Nice. I, I was like that. very Sorry, I was very lucky where authenticity is concerned because I'd never really been to Canada and I do have a Canadian friend in Brisbane, so she had a read and made sure I hadn't done anything too wrong. Um, <laughs> and interestingly, she was like, well, you need to remove all references to toilet. No Canadian says toilet. Really? So what do they say? Restroom. So oh, really? it's just little things like that. Yeah. Like if, you, if you have a Canadian character saying that, nobody will believe that they're actually yeah. a Canadian character. So that oh, was that, a bit fascinating. That makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I believe I love the way your reviews, they all talk about um, you've set the Australian outback and our um, countryside is so full of life and detail it almost feels like a character itself. I think that's wonderful, Kate, that you've, um, you know, done Australia justice. I, I think we were discussing before that often authors can shy away from that a little bit yeah I think there is that if you like to call it um from its you know old official name that cultural cringe of not wanting to own where we're at um yeah I guess for some people there's a little bit of fear of treading on toes because often they're small communities 
Yes. Um, but what I've what I've found with it is if if you and I spent, I guess too going back a little because Australian literature is my specialty. That's what I teach at university. Uh-huh. Aha. <laughs> the, the, the Australian the Australian landscape always has really uh, been quite a character in a lot of Australian narratives. It has. And yeah. So I kind of want to keep that, but I guess you put your own yeah. spin on it a little. Um, and I think that Clever. there's still ways. My first novel was set in Coonabarabran, and all I did with that manuscript was send it to my mother first to make sure I hadn't accidentally, because I was quite young when I left there, right. to make sure I hadn't accidentally named anybody, any, <laughs> anything. And do you know I had? I did oh, really? Family name purely by accident. It just was there. Or somebody who wasn't the best type of person, and she said, you know, I suggest that you change that. Just to be. <laughs> and so I did. So I think there's still things like that you can do because there definitely was not supposed to be any reference to anyone living in that no. particular level. Yeah. I had, however, yeah. used the family farm right down to the point that all my cousins were, said it was like walking back through that farm. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. but that's special and really meaningful for your family. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's also very easy to keep it very authentic when you use something that you're so intimately yeah. um, connected you know, with. have so much knowledge of yourself. That's yeah? right. So... With this novel, what would you class its genre as? I can see it crisscrosses quite a few here. What well, what we would listeners expect? To, we decided to put it under a pulp fiction mashup. Okay, because, I saw that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has a bit of crime. It has a bit of romance. It has a bit of comedy. Yeah. It has a bit of adventure. Um, you know, it's kind of it's it's all of those things to to all men, if you like. Uh, yeah, but like none it. of them are really the probably the crime part of it and this is the overriding um, yeah yeah it was an interesting plot I liked that yeah yeah Yeah. so really it is it is it does all center around opal heist yeah uh but obviously there's the the stories of all the people involved and how they're all crisscrossing as well yeah very very clever and how did you go about developing the characters um in your book um, well, for the start, I really wanted the main character, who is a female jewel thief, to be a strong female character. Yes. Um, and not to be reliant on, you know, a man to get her through from point A to point B. All right. Um, I, I also did want to pay, play with some caricatures. So her yeah. partner in crime at the beginning, I always have Chris Hemsworth in mind. I won't tell a lie. Why, why wouldn't you, really? <laughs> well, that's her her sidekick, Derek. That's his nice. exactly that style of very good-looking, very bad person, you know, who, who charms his way through everything on the, on the strength of his looks. So um, that, that in a way was a caricature, but I just wanted to do a little spin on it. And naturally he's English because who better to play that kind of villain than your James Bond kind of Englishman? Oh, you are a very clever lady. <laughs> <laughs> so um, and then there is a bad guy in there, Jimmy the Cat, and he's just bad. He's bad in that beautiful you can't kill him with a stick bad way. I so love that name. That's a that's a cool yeah. character name. <laughs> keeps popping back up and and it's funny at the very end I was like oh perhaps it's time to uh to kill him off at some point and everybody who read it was like no no don't no. kill him it's funny <laughs> so I think it's always one of those things where the, you yeah. have those characters people love to hate too but. yeah oh yeah keeps us going doesn't it now you said before that the hunt for the virgin rainbow is going to be part of a series Yes, so and that series actually doesn't it, it revolves around the main character Mallory Cash, the female jewel thief. So it really revolves around ah. two separate adventures she has. And I did it's it's my own little um OCD pattern minded thing. Um the Virgin Rainbow exists. It's in a um 
museum in South Australia. It, yeah. It's an opal that glows in the dark. So that's Ooh. what's so special about it. It was discovered in Cooper Pedy. Mm. Um, and then she she has um, a little adventure involving a topaz stallion, which is a ring that does not exist. And then Ooh. the third <laughs> one is actually the diamond crown, which is a tiny little crown that Queen Victoria um, was was gifted, and that does exist. So I couldn't resist kind of yeah, a, a pretend jewel in amongst two real real um, gems. Yeah, that's really really clever, really clever. Now, does Jimmy live on or not? <laughs> well. I can't give too much. Can't away. reveal. No. <laughs> oh, okay, Jimmy, Jimmy's definitely um, prominent in the second novel, so he is around. <laughs> and, and all I'd say to tease readers is Jimmy's connection to the main character um, is a little bit more complex than what she realizes. Ooh, so. Watch this space. Yeah. There you go, listeners. You've heard it first here on Between the Covers. <laughs> Now, Kate, you mentioned you were also um, a lecturer at university. Yep. Your students must be, you know, super excited that you are also a novelist. Um, well, yes, I do teach creative writing. Um, yeah. Which is probably the bulk of what I teach. And I think that if nothing else for students, it's always lovely for them to be able to talk to someone who's been through the process. Oh, yeah. Because it's a hard process, isn't it, writing? Yes. It's um, very individual and it can be a lonely road too, I think. Yes, and I, I think that it's it's definitely, it takes nothing away from teaching staff who teach something they've never done it hands-on. But I think oh, if yeah. you also have the hands-on mm-hmm. uh, experience and a, a lot of the other stuff I teach is more commercial writing, which I've also done, such as copywriting, et cetera, I've done yeah. out in the industry. Yeah. And so you can bring just a lot of that. It's really lovely all of the way it's mm. written up, like everything will be just hunky-dory, but we all know that never happens <laughs> yeah. Yeah. in any industry. So it's always nice to be able to bring also that industry experience yeah. to the table. Yeah, so. how authentic for them. That's brilliant. And what does the writing process look like for you? Did I knew you wrote another novel in 2017. Was this latest novel, was the process different to the, your first time? Definitely different. That first one started um, as two diary accounts of two sisters that I started writing in when I was living in Scotland, so many years before. And then when I uh, started my creative writing PhD myself at Macquarie Uni, I decided to use those diaries as the basis for that novel. So although um, the diaries started as something very different, Different, more like a kind of a horror story, gothic thing, if you like. I took the took the characters away from that and yeah. used them in the actual narrative uh, for Return to Tamerlan. Um, and it's one thing I've explained to my students. I'm like, if you want very, very authentic characters, you really should know them. You should know them from mm. birth to death. Mm. Uh, and you don't need to include all that. But no. the reader can feel all mm. of the weight of that knowledge behind the words, yeah? Yes, yeah. It's it's a huge part of the writing process is developing the character and yeah. I spend a long time on that myself. So um, it makes it easier when you, yeah, as you said, you know them inside out. So, yeah, that's and interesting. So you'd, you'd probably say that first novel was more character-driven. Yeah. Um, and this one's just more really is a bit of a romp and it's more plot driven. Yeah. So yeah. although I've developed the characters, I wouldn't say that it's at the same uh, depth um, and consideration of, of 
how their actions are going to inform everything. It is more plot-driven. There's yeah. stuff happening outside them that just makes for a rocking good crime plot. Yeah, so, plot's yeah. a bit of fun. And as, yes. as um, I read one of your reviews said, it's fast-paced but it's light-hearted and it's um, exciting. So, Kate, I think the world needs that right now. So good on you, I say. <laughs> and in the second one there's um, there's a quite a, I guess, involved sex scene and I, I can assure you that was Ooh. interesting to write because... <laughs> I struggle with that kind of thing. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> so just as an aside, this was really fascinating. I researched it. I researched the best sex scenes ever written and I took 10 written by females and 10 written by males and read them and they're so different. I was going to say, they'd be poles apart. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> for women, obviously, it's more the feelings and yeah. the emotions the and, you know, what's leading to what. For men, it was far more mechanical, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I kind of tried to take two of the both um mm. and put that together because the last thing you want is a kind of cringy sex scene yeah uh, yeah but I, then yeah. I was <laughs> then I was in here one day on my computer and my sons have come in to look up something and they're like mum why have you got sex across <laughs> your favorite spa <laughs> the all-encompassing I'm a writer don't worry about it <laughs> exactly just ignore just ignore <laughs> Well, I can see that was a challenge, but in Hunt for the Virgin Rainbow, what else was perhaps your most challenging parts of writing that? I think to to get in what I wanted to get in and still keep it believable. Yeah. Because, you know, you've often got these things that you've, you've got your own little love affair with, um, but you also want to keep it believable. Mm. And then also to not fall into that trap of the... Um, your, your tried and tested tropes of the damsel in distress and somebody comes and saves her. and Yeah, the whole cliche yeah. thing, yeah. Yeah, so there was things mm-hmm. like that. There's certain parts in it where I had uh, in the first drafts fallen into that and it was mm-hmm. one part where Hawkeye in particular is such extremely good feedback and editing to go, oh, hey, look, you've got her so strong up to here. Now, why is, she, why is, why is this happening with her? Shouldn't she? So it was really good. There's always yeah. good to have that extra set of very professional eyes. Oh, absolutely. More than one. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's well worth it. So you obviously are a, vis- a very busy lady that wears quite a few hats in your life. How do you stay motivated to write? Um, well, sometimes I struggle. I won't yeah. lie because I'm not one of those write 500 words every day and you'll get No, me either. Yeah. I've, I've tried that. I'm on or I'm off. Yeah. Yeah. So I tend to find that I've just got to leave it percolating away in the back of my brain when I'm having my down times mm. and then I know that I'll get to it. Mm. Um, or I start another project if I'm really feeling um, yeah. that I absolutely cannot focus. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I think too that for me if I go too long without writing, um, Mm. It sounds a little crazy, but all the voices in my head start. No, it doesn't. (laughs) No, no. I do podcasts all the time with authors and we're all the same and it makes me feel so much better. (laughs) Yeah, for me, it keeps me a little, it's it's a bit cathartic. Yeah, it's my balance. Yeah. Yeah, you you get stuff out on paper and then it's it's like you're freezing it out and you don't need to think about it. Yeah, yeah. But I love that for listeners out there and also, you know, for all your students and anyone who's going to be hearing this or any other author podcast, there's no perfectly right or wrong formula to write. We're all different and you've really got to trust what works for you, not try to format your style into someone else's. Would you agree with that, Kate? Yeah, and I think too that looking for um, also another way to go about it when you're feeling a little flat, I guess, is looking for collaborations. Like there's one Mm. that um, this is a very slow burn, but I'm working on with an artist friend of mine on another 
it's a far more involved manuscript, so it'll take me a long time to do. But we're kind of going to do the same thing that Patrick White and um, Sydney Nolan did when Patrick ah, White did Boss. Sydney Nolan yes, did a whole series yes. of paintings for that um, novel. So oh. she's going to do the same thing with this particular novel Ooh. that I'm writing. So I think collaborations like that too can be quite exciting because it brings that extra. Um, yeah, agreed. Mm. Yeah, and there's a lot now too that you can do in the way of audiovisual with um so my son's a filmmaker, you know, with getting your some of your Perfect. words up there and vision and so you know, for a lot of writers, I think if you're a bit blocked, there can be that idea mm. of maybe going sideways a little. Mm. Mm. Are you in good company then, Kate? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well it helps to have a son like that. It's just all of his projects. You've got to get them off his <laughs> Wait, I need you to focus on mine. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Wow, okay. Well, today's been terrific, um, you know, listening to your how your mind works. And um, I have loved reading your blogs and reading your reviews. And listeners out there, I 100% encourage you, if you have not got yourself a copy of Hunt for the Virgin Rainbow, I really encourage you to do that today. It's available online in all good bookstores and libraries right around Australia and hopefully the world, Kate. <laughs> um, <Good> <laughs> I think so. It's it's always worth an ask. Kate, thank you very, very much for your time today and I wish you all the best for your writing future. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Pleasure. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Between the Covers, produced by Shoreline Publishing.